Would you take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 18. Acts chapter 18, and we're going to begin reading in verse 24 and read through the remainder of the chapter. So would your Bibles open? Would you stand with me in reverence of reading God's infallible, inerrant word of God? Now a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man has been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he desired to cross to Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Amen. I praise the Lord for a man that will show others that Jesus is the Christ. Father, thank you for your blessed word. Thank you for such a man as we're going to talk about and study here today. Thank you for his life and for the way that he demonstrated his character through the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray for your anointing. Pray, Father, that you will not only give us ears to hear, but a heart and a mind to receive. Lord, help us as we stand behind the cross, and that we present only Christ and Christ Him crucified. For we love you and praise you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. I heard about this church that caught on fire, and uh, it was burning And the pastor was out front watching this tragic take place. Then he happened to notice there was old John, the guy in the community that he had invited to the church numerous of times, but he'd never come. But there he was. Sarcastically, the pastor went up to him. So, well, John, I've never seen you at church before. He said, well, I've never seen the church on fire before, neither. I want to talk to you about a man that was on fire. A fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. Sadly to say that it could be that many times as the older we get, the colder we become. And that's a sad statement. But I think it is a true statement. 
I think as the Lord Jesus Christ began to speak to the church of the Ephesus, he addressed that very issue. In Revelation chapter 2 verse 4, he said, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. That's why I like a new convert. The zeal, the excitement, the fire that that new convert brings into the local congregation. I like that. And I think that's what the church needs. And to be reminded constantly that we should be on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. John MacArthur, as he so well began to expound on Revelation chapter 2, verse 4. He said this, Though they maintain their doctrinal orthodoxy and continue to serve Christ, that service, that service had degenerated into mechanical orthodoxy. And then he goes on to say, Though at one time they had love, Forty years later, the affection of the first generation of believers had cooled. What a sad, sad commentary on the life of the church of Ephesus. But I'm afraid that can be said over and over and over again of so many churches today. You walk into a church and you almost feel like you're at, in a funeral home. It's cold and dry. And, and if somebody would grunt, everybody would twist their necks to find out what's going on. I like a church that's excited. I like a church that is on fire. I like a church and want to be a part of a church. That not only have, that is true to his orthodoxy, but Lord, that has a fervent love for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm also reminded that Jesus, once again, condemned the church of Laodicea. In Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, listen to what he says. He says, I know your works that you're neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, he says, I will vomit you out of my mouth. My! Can you imagine hearing those words coming from the Lord Jesus Christ? Charles Spurgeon said something that I thought was very interesting. He said, a deep sense of gratitude will nourish Christian zeal, looking to the hole of the pit. Whence we were digged, we find abundant reason why we should spend and be spent for God. Gypsy Smith, that great evangelist one time, Someone asked him the question, why did God use you in such a great way? And he said this, I never lost the wonder of it all.
Amen. I have never lost the wonder of it all. I'm afraid that so many Christians today have forgotten what it was to be lost and then to be saved and to be born again. And to see if how God has changed an individual's life, bringing him from deadness into life, bringing him from darkness into light. Well, I want to share with you about a man that was on fire for the Lord. I want to share with you about a man that I believe as you will begin to look upon his life, that you would have to say, there is a man that is on fire for God, and that man is Apollos. For the last several weeks, we've been studying about different biblical characters and seeing of how the Lord has used these men. And what has intrigued me, and I hope that it has you as well, to see if how God used these guys in such a magnificent way. And the reason that he used them, I believe, just like in Apollos, was because of his zeal and of his excitement. And that that not only that, but that he never lost the wonder of it all. So, as we look at this, I I want you to see about a man that is on fire for God. There's three things I want you to see about this zealous man. First of all, I want you to notice as you begin to look at the scriptures in verse 24, that I believe you could see that he was a zealous student of the Word of God. He was a man that was... A student of God's holy word. Now, the Bible introduces us to this man by the name of Apollos in verse 24. The Bible tells us, it says, And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures. Underline that. Mighty in the scriptures, he came to Ephesus. The very first thing that you recognize about this man was that he was a man that not only believed the word of God, but he studied the word of God. And he allowed the word of God to become such an important part of his life. My friend, I want you to understand that's exactly what Paul was talking about when he said in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, where he says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the the word of truth. A.T. Robertson of yesteryear, he said this, speaking of that very verse of Scripture, he said, there is no excuse for ignorance of the Scriptures on the part of preachers, the professed interpreters of the word of God. I go a step further. There's no excuse, not just for preachers, but there's no excuse for Christians. 
My friend, we have the Word of God. And we are able to take the Word of God. And this is what's so marvelous to understand is that we not only have the book, which is the Word of God, which is the truth without error, which is God's breathed word, a word that he had breathed upon these early writers to write, but we have the Holy Spirit to interpret it for us. That is what's so amazing, that you take God's word. There's no excuse for ignorance in the word of God. But I dare to say that if you take a poll of the average Christian today, you would probably be surprised of the ignorance of the Word of God. Shame on us. We have the opportunity to study the Word and to divide the Word. As I look at Apollos, Apollos, I believe, would you would classify him as a great student of the Word of God. A great student of the Scriptures. The Bible reminds us, and he introduces us to Apollos, that he was a Jew, born there in Alexandria, the ancient city, which is on the northern part of Egypt, and that it was the second largest city of the Roman Empire. And not only was it the second largest city, but it was no doubt the empire's greatest culture and educational center. They had the finest libraries that you can possibly imagine. They had the finest university uh, throughout the world of that day. And there is an Apollos right there in that educational center. And then he became one of the scriptures. The Bible says that he was a Jew. Alexander was the home of about 4,000 Jews. That is where we get and come to understand of the Septuagint, which is, of course, of Greek-speaking Jews. And that they would take the scriptures of the Old Testament and translate them into Greek. And no doubt, Apollos was probably right in the middle of that. So, as you began to notice that Apollos was a very educated individual. And Apollos used that education for the glory and for the honor of God. Now, I'm thankful for our educational systems today, but I am, I have to admit that many of our colleges and universities that started out on the principles of Christ have completely turned and they are now teaching their liberal views of the scriptures. But all here was Apollos. And you began to notice in chapter 18, verse 24, the Bible says that he was an eloquent man. That word eloquent literally means he was a learned man. 
In other words, he was a man of scripture. He was a man of knowledge of the word of God. In other words, you've heard it before. People would say, there is a man that knows his Bible. Well, my friend, that's exactly what Apollos would be identified as. There is a man that knows his scripture. And so he was a great student of the scriptures. But not only was he a great student of the scriptures, but he was also a growing student of the scriptures. He had not arrived. He realized that there was still room to grow in his knowledge of the scriptures. Chapter 18, verse 25 and 26 says this. This man has been instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord. But notice what it says here. Though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Apollos had sought to be more than just a theologian. He sought to be a man of God. He sought not only to know the scriptures, but to allow the scriptures to mold him and to guide him and to direct him. At some point or another, he was, he had heard the preaching of John the Baptist. And no doubt he was there that day. When John the Baptist looked up and he saw the Lord Jesus Christ coming and he says, behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. No doubt it was at that particular time that when Apollos come to know the Lord Jesus as his Savior. But here was the thing about it. They said that he spoke and taught diligently what the scripture says. In other words, he told others about the scriptures, but he also told about his experience of getting saved. I believe one of the greatest, greatest responsibility of a child of God is to be able not only to know the scriptures, but to be able to give testimony of their salvation. And to tell others of how Christ has used the scriptures to bring to him or to you or to me the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's exactly what Apollos did. But the Bible goes a step further and it says, knowing only the baptism of John. In other words, it seems like that he was limited of his understanding of the Lord Jesus Christ. John MacArthur explains that as good as anyone that I have ever heard. He said he surely expounded with force and persuasion of the scriptures that pointed to Jesus. But he did not understand the significance of Christ's death and resurrection. 
nor was he acquainted with the coming of the Spirit and the birth of the church on the day of Pentecost. I think that explains it well. In other words, Apollos was very much fervent in the Scriptures, but yet at the same time, his knowledge was limited And therefore, you begin to see of how Aquila and Priscilla took him aside and began to explain to him of the importance of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ that was to come. Not only to explain that, but to explain of how the Spirit of God was going to come upon the church and birth the church. And so you see him growing, maturing, acknowledging more and more about the Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, I don't think anybody has arrived when it comes to the Scriptures. I have been studying the Scriptures diligently for 40 plus years. And the more I have come to know the Scriptures, the more I begin to realize how little I know about the Scriptures. It's amazing to me. And I'm sure you have experienced as well. You read a passage of Scripture. I have before. I've studied it. And I'm sure you've done it as well. You go back to the Scripture again. And it's as if God's put something new there. I've never seen that before. I've seen that over and over and over again. That's what's so marvelous about the Word of God. It never gets old. There are fresh nuggets of truth throughout the Scripture. And my friend, that should excite you. But what it not only excites you about, but that you're growing and you're maturing and you're developing in the Lord. Charles Spurgeon said something that I thought was so true. The quarry of the Holy Scripture is inexhaustible. And that is so true. It's inexhaustible. We should never, ever quit growing in the understanding of the Scripture. Oh, my friend, I have been preaching for 40 plus years, and I'm more excited about preaching today than I have ever been in my life. I am more excited about studying God's Word And growing in His grace. And I feel like I've got so much more to grow to and grow for. I guess if there's anything that will keep the fires burning in your heart, it's the Word of God. And so therefore, my friend, this guy, Apollos, A great man of God. Yes, he was a student of the Word of God. But yet he realized he needed to mature and grow. He was not only zealous, a zealous student, but he was a zealous servant. The Bible goes and talks about in Acts chapter 18 verse 26 that he spoke boldly in the synagogue. He spoke boldly In the synagogue. Whatever Apollos did, he did it with great excitement. As a zealous man, 
He was not a timid witness. When he would stand and as he would speak there in the synagogues, he would speak to those Jews and he said, you are the ones that have crucified him and the one that you crucified is the Christ, the Messiah, the Lord himself. He spoke energetically. Here was a man that had that zeal to serve the Lord. I like somebody that who serves the Lord. They do it with excitement and not with a trudgery. I like somebody looks at this as an opportunity to serve God, not as a burden. And yet you look at some people and you sometimes wonder why they do what they do. Because all they do is gripe and complain of their service. Here's a guy, he was zealous, zealous as a servant. And you'll notice the burden that was upon his heart. The Bible says in Acts chapter 18, verse 27, it says that when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, coming to a fuller knowledge of the gospel, He developed a burden to go and to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what will happen. And the burden and the desire was to cross the Aegean Sea to Achaia. Achaia, as you go back and realize that in Acts chapter 19 verse 1, was none other than where Corinth was, the church of Corinth. He had developed a burden for the people of Corinth. Now, Corinth was not the most popular place to serve God. It would probably be in comparison with Las Vegas. And yet, there was a group of believers there in Corinth that had a desire to began a church and to grow a church and to reach lost people, even in the midst of a very worldly city. And here is Apollos, being a student of God's Word, growing in the grace of God. He begins to develop a burden to go and to help them. See, Apollos was not a spectator. He was a participator. He was one that wanted to be involved in the middle of the action for the glory of God. Somebody described the church like this, like a football game. 22 men there on the uh, field that needs rest while there's 22,000 people in the grandstand, needs exercise. And that is a comparison of, of so many of our churches today. The 20-80 rule. 20% doing 80% of the work. 20% giving 80% of the tithes and the offerings. Heard about one preacher He was talking to another preacher from out of town and he says, uh, 
well, how's your church doing? He said, well, it's doing great. He said, well, how many members do you have in your church? He said, we have a thousand. He said, well, how many is active? He says, oh, they're all active. 200 is active for the Lord and 800 is active for the devil. (laughs) My friend, I want you to understand, God is telling every believer... Every believer, listen to me, that we need to have a burden for the Lord. And with that burden, we need to serve Him, not to become a spectator. Come just on a Sunday morning and never, ever again serve the Lord throughout that week, throughout that church. But here was Apollos. He had a burden. And so his desire was go to Corinth and to help those young believers to grow and to allow Christ to be manifested in their midst and to reach lost people. Because of that, he not only had a burdened heart, but my friend, you began to see the blessings of his life. The blessings of his life. Having expressed his desire to go to Corinth, the brethren wrote to Corinth, uh, to the disciples, and they literally said, we want you to welcome Apollos into your fellowship. Now that was quite the custom of that day. That when one church would send a missionary to another church or to another area, that that church would send a letter on the behalf of that individual saying that we have put our blessings upon this man and that he has come to help you and to encourage you. We read in Acts chapter 18, verse 27, it says the the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, except Apollos. When Apollos arrived, the Bible says there in verse 27, that he helped them much, which he believed through grace. Once Apollos got there in Corinth, what did he do? He got right in the middle of it. And he began to lead them and to guide them and direct them. And God's grace began to flow upon his life into the life of those Christians there at Corinth. You go and you read 1 Corinthians and you'll find that Apollos became very, very dear to the Corinthian believers. My friend... I believe with all my heart that we need to pray, God, help me to be a channel of blessings. Help me to be a channel of grace. And that as I am a part of this body, the body of the church, that, that my life will become a blessing and not a burden to other people. Help me to help people and not hurt people. I like the little song, Make Me a Blessing. 
Make me a blessing. Out of my life, may Jesus shine. Make me a blessing, O Savior, I pray. That should be our prayer. Help me to become a blessing. And that's exactly what Apollos was. He was a blessing. And as you go back and read 1 Corinthians, they esteemed Apollos because he was such a great blessing and a channel that God used to display the grace of Almighty God in the life of those believers. He was a zealous man. He was a zealous student. He was a zealous servant. But I guess best of all, as you began to describe Apollos, he was a zealous speaker. You can't help not to notice that when you go and you read the book of 1 Corinthians, of what an eloquent speaker that Apollos was. I guess probably he was best known for his speaking ability. See, he not only knew the Scriptures, he knew how to communicate the Scriptures. He began to divide the Scriptures. And the whole church of of Corinth was blessed through the speaking of Apollos. But I want you to notice what he did. He was a zealous, this zealous speaker because he publicly proclaimed Christ. The Bible says in verse 28 that he convinced the Jews, being the great student that he was, that he would debate the Jews about the Christ. And he could convince them with the help of the Holy Spirit, that Christ was the Messiah, that Christ was the one that that John said when he said, Behold the Lamb of God who take away the sins of the world. Jesus, the one that they crucified, was the Savior of the world. See how he publicly proclaimed 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says, But sanctify the Lord in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear. I believe every child of God ought to memorize that passage of Scripture. And by memorizing it, that you be ready when somebody knocks on your door that tries to tell you something that is contrary to the Scriptures. You should be ready to give a witness and publicly proclaim what the Word of God says and not be intimidated And not be afraid. Here was a man that literally, literally proclaimed the Word of God. I like what A.T. Robertson said talking about 
1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. He says, be ready. To always give an answer means that we should be able to defend our faith and not have to apologize for it. Amen. Amen. Always ready to defend our faith. What if the government would come in and take away our Bibles? Would you have enough scripture stored up to defend your faith? It's a good question. Would we have enough scripture stored within our heart and our mind to be able to defend our faith and to share what God's word says? My friend, it may come that day. Don't think that it might not. It may come the day that soldiers could walk in the back door of that of this building or the front door with machine guns drawn and say, put down your Bibles. Can you imagine? Apollos was a man that had stored the Scriptures in his heart in such a fashion that he could stand up to the best Jew of all and debate him and to defend his faith. He could say, I not only know that the Christ is the Messiah, not only because what He's done in my heart, but also because what the Word of God says. But there's something else about Apollos. Not only did he publicly proclaim Christ, but he personally presented Christ. The Bible says in verse 28 that Apollos mightily convinced the Jews that he mightily convinced the Jews Paulus never did anything halfway. And here he is sharing the gospel. I can hear people say now as they looked at Apollos there in Corinth, here is a man that's on fire for God. Here is a man that knows the scriptures. Here is a man who publicly proclaimed and personally proclaimed. I believe he was a soul winner. I believe that he was a soul winner realizing the responsibility that every person that he came in contact with that it was his responsibility to tell him the good news of the gospel. Are we not the same? Do we not have that same commandment? Do we not have that same challenge? Do we not have that same word coming from the word of God presenting to you and me? There was a lady by the name of Aunt Sophie. Aunt Sophia was a 
a dear, dear old black lady who loved the Lord. And she believed that her life purpose would be a scrub lady and a witness for the Lord. Why, one particular day, some people were making fun of Aunt Sophia because she was witnessing to a wooden Indian out in front of a cigar store. And she said, well, my eyesight's not too good, and I may have been witnessing to a wooden Indian, but she says, that's better than a wooden Christian not witnessing at all. And I say amen to that. My friend, we think of the challenges that are around us today. Shootings in our schools. Precious young lives are being taken. Evil prevailing. And if you're not careful, we'll put our head in the sand and we think, my, my, it's too bad to tell anybody what Christ has done. My friend, I want you to understand... It is a perfect opportunity for us today to tell others what Christ has done. To tell others. David Brainerd, a missionary hundreds of years ago, he made this statement as he was witnessing to Indians there on the shores of Delaware and Connecticut. He said, I care not where I live or what hardship I go through so that I can but gain souls to Christ. While I am asleep, I dream of these things. As soon as I awake, the first thing I think of is the great work. All my desire is the conversion of sinners And all my hope is in God. All my hope is in God. That is true. This world has no hope without God. But through the Lord Jesus Christ, we have a message. A message that brings hope to every heart and to every life that we proclaim it to. I challenge you today. Have you come to a point and a place in your walk with the Lord that has kind of come complacent? Have you come to a point and a place that you're not as excited about the Lord Jesus Christ and the Scriptures as you once were? Oh, my friend, I challenge you with a man like Apollos. Become zealous. Lord, help us. Stir the coals of fire 
within my heart to know you and to know your word and to tell others about you. Help me, dear Lord, to be a soldier of the cross and have a burden for the lost. Lord Jesus, thank you for such a man like Apollos. What a man. Thank you for giving us an example of a man that is totally sold out to you. Help us, dear Lord, to be that kind of person. Help us never be satisfied with our knowledge and growth. But help us to always, to eagerly to grow and develop. And for the purpose, not for the edification of ourselves, but for the glory and the honor of the Christ that we serve. I pray, Father, that you will stir the embers of our heart. And, Father, allow the flame to ignite and to glow with the warmth of your love and your grace. Help us, Lord, to become a blessing, a channel of your grace. In Jesus' name.